Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Good to have great music and uh, thank you ladies. It's wonderful. Amen. We're going to go in the Bible to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 and uh, preach from there. I, you know, being Father's Day, well, not, regardless of the fact it was Father's Day, I recently was in Bunnings and uh, getting some things that I needed and it's funny that I went in there and there's a big stand there near the, not far from the entrance. You know, Father's Day and it's, you know, it's buy your dad a great gift on Father's Day. The problem is you've got to have a Power Pass card to get it. You've got to be a tradie to be able to go to Bunnings uh, to buy your father a Father's Day gift. And so it sort of limits uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the scope a little bit. And I think to myself, well, uh, I have to buy myself a Father's Day gift. And so that's a little bit loaded there. And so I brought myself a, bought myself a Father's Day gift. Gave it to my boys. There you go, boys. Thanks for going to Bunnings for me. Here's a gift uh, that you can give me on Father's Day. And so this morning they came in, uh, wrote a great card for me, and uh, gave me my Father's Day, car- uh, Father's Day card and uh, the gift, that, the thing that I wanted. Amen. But I want to talk more than about what a father wants uh, this evening. I want to talk uh, and preach to you about a, a sermon called Giving Dad what he needs. Giving dad what he needs. A couple of weeks ago I preached uh, a sermon about husbands treating their wives uh, like a princess and I hope you're doing that and I hope it's working for you. But on Father's Day I want to preach about wives and children giving their husbands and their fathers something that he needs. And uh, I want to to read from Hebrews 13, um, verse 17. The Bible says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. Let me look with you firstly at a father's responsibility you know, uh, fathers and fatherhood has been so belittled in our generation from many, many years ago. You, you have the Simpsons and Homer Simpson and, and you know, you know for, to tell the honest truth, I don't know much about television, but I've, I've seen glimpses years before of Everyone Loves Raymond. I don't know if that's current or 20 years old. I don't know. A family guy. Uh, it's plain to see that for years, Hollywood has tried to undermine fatherhood, removing any sense of dignity 
and proper responsibility that a father should have. Our text, I understand the context, is directly about pastors and headship. But the, the, but the problem is, uh, you know, let's go to verse 7. Remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you. So obviously our text is speaking about headship and pastors, but it has allocation to us. I want to consider for us, especially Christian fathers, that in the Christian home, a father has the position of a spiritual leader of that home. I know that there are some weirdos out there, weird fathers, some deranged men who would abuse their wives and abuse their children. But generally, men come home, love their families, love their children, work hard for them, do their best to give them opportunities to build an ark. And the warped and weird portrayal of a father being negligent in his home is, is not really the reality for Christian families and Christian homes. We need to get back to a father being the leader who he's supposed to be and recognize that and speak that and understand that Ephesians 5.22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church. A husband is the leader, the protector, the priest, in his home, the headship provides authority and protection and the heart of a husband and father provides affection and love and the priesthood in a father provides spiritual life and, and spiritual direction to the home. I read a small poem about God making a father. God made a father. It must be someone who is tough enough to run a chainsaw, wield a machete, and yet gentle enough to join his little girl and her dolls for tea. Someone to bring the car around when it's raining so everyone else can stay dry. Someone who will keep jumper cables in his vehicle just in case he needs to help a stranger. Someone who will notice practical things like the tread on the tires is wearing out. Someone to provide for the family, someone who will get up early and stay up late and not complain about it. Someone who listens more than he talks, who will stand by his family, someone who will love his kids and love their mother even more. God says, I'll make someone who's not afraid to go into the dark cellar to check on what noises are made in the night. I need someone who will take the dead mouse out of the mousetrap or someone fast enough and strong enough to pull a child back from the path of a speeding car. God says, I'll give him broad shoulders. God said, I need someone who, who's strong enough to open a tightly sealed jar and yet someone who's gracious enough to let his son fish the best fishing hole. So the Lord created fathers to be a living, breathing display of who he is. A protector, a provider and a leader. That's a father. And very clearly in our text, the Bible says you watch out for their souls. And again, we know pastors do that, but so do dads. So do Christian dads. Fathers give understanding, commands, discipline, instruction, wisdom. 
Proverbs 4 verse 1, Hear my children the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. Ephesians 6 4, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. The Bible gives great dignity to a father, to the role of a father, because he knows that we're going to give an account. Fathers, you know, I know, we have a great responsibility and an accountability. Luke 12, 48 says, For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. That means, Dad, that we're going to stand before God one day and we're going to give an account about the way we raised our children, the way we took care of our wife. God's going to hold us responsible for that. But I want to tell you, Dads, we need you. Don't check out. We need you. Our society needs you. Our society is becoming morally weak. We need Christian fathers. You're a blessing. Your sound mind is such a blessing. Your wisdom, your help, your work ethic, the grace that is in you, your strength, we need you and we honour you. This is what God has apportioned for your life in our church, in our society, in your workplace. We need you. I want to encourage you fathers to enjoy it. Take hold of the hold of the responsibility and enjoy your family. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your children. Enjoy leadership. In Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given your family as a gift. Enjoy it. See the responsibility and say, praise God. At least God trusts me with something and take it and do your best. But let me move on. I've given enough instruction to fathers today. But let me talk then about a father's greatest need. In our generation, coupled with the warped understanding of the view of a dad's character, comes the view of how to treat fathers nowadays. And society is derailing. How is a child supposed to treat their father? How should he be seen in the home? A a home is so quickly divided and conquered because parents are not certain what what their roles are. And all too often, a father's decision is purely an option put forward by the male portion in in the family. And, and, and then a mother puts forward the other side of the court and the children are left to be the judge. There's, there's so much banter about roles, how you feel about it, gender equality. But what is needed is left out. So everyone's got an opinion nowadays. Everyone's got something to say about who should do what and who should be what. But what about what the Word of God says? The Bible is God's Word. This, This is our reference. He made fatherhood. He made motherhood. He made families. He made marriage. You cannot have a discussion about marriage without using the using the word that invented the word marriage. 
He said, I'm sorry, you can't discuss marriage and, 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 and what's right and wrong in marriage and, and make it a non-religious argument. You have to take that up with Jesus Christ. God invented marriage. God invented family. God invented fatherhood. If it wasn't for God, you can't be a dad. You can't be a mum. So what does your father want? What does your father need more than anything else? The text uses the word obey, which is a, a primary verb meaning to convince, to assent, to authority, to rely, to believe, to yield, to trust, to be content, to obey, to have confidence. Giving deference to, respect to the father, to the leader of the home, to making him the leader even if the woman is a better personality. Stronger personality. We know, you know, my wife, I'll admit, my wife is smarter than me. She's smarter than me. She's faster than me in so many arenas in her mind. But that doesn't make her the leader. You're, you're, listen, wives, just because you're faster and smarter, it doesn't make you the leader. Making him the leader of the home is not just complying with orders. It's an attitude about who they are, the position they hold before God. Because this is about them and God. And they're going to have to stand before God and give an account. In Leviticus 19, we see the principle beginning to be established in verse 32. It says, You shall rise before the grey-headed and honour the presence of an old man and fear your God. I'm the Lord. Do you understand the context of that? Respect the man because God's going to hold him accountable and God's watching what we do. Proverbs 23, 22, listen to your father who begot you. To respect, maybe to appreciate, to defer to, to give them honour. The honour of the position that he holds in your home. Fathers deserve our respect, not because they earned it. That's a fallacy. Well, he should earn my respect, says who? God says, husbands, love your wives. Not because she earned it, because God says. The Bible says nowhere, husbands, love your wives. Uh, wives, love your husbands. It doesn't say that. It says, husbands, love your wives. And it says, wives... Respect your husbands. 1 Peter 3, 5. For in this manner in former times, the holy women, the pure, the set-apart women, the godly women, the holy women who trusted in God, being submissive to their own husbands, just like Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That's what holy women do defer and treat him with respect. Well, he's a bozo, yeah? Maybe. But you have to answer to God for that. He says, you respect him because I'm the Lord. Because God is watching. You know, this attitude kept Sarah very, very strong. You know, why does the Bible say this? Notice how clearly the Bible picks up on this and highlights it, pushes it into 2021. 
pushes it into our generation. It's not because the Bible is sexist or chauvinist. It's because it's showing us God's structure, God's order, and what's best for us, and what's best for family, and what's best for the home, best for the church, and best for society, and we ignore it to our own detriment. Proverbs 20, 20, whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. I don't know if you know what that word means, deep darkness. I went caving one time, slid down a little hole in the ground, climbed deep, 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 deep down into the earth, shimmied between a sliver of rock, halfway I'm thinking, I hope we don't have an earthquake, I'll be sandwiched. Deep into a cave, no civilization down there, no little light switch. We, we, we made our way with head torches, uh, sat on the edge of this hole in the ground, uh, shone a powerful light down the hole and could not see the bottom. We're sitting there with our legs dangling into the darkness. And I said to the guy next to me, let's turn off our lights. Turned off the light. Without a left it a little while, hoping our eyes would adjust, nothing. I'm doing this, that you can see nothing, zero, deep darkness. God's not joking. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. Let me bring a small balance. The New Testament brings clarity to obeying your father. Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is just tells us two simple things. Number one, if your father tells you to sin, you don't obey. If he's telling you to steer away from God, you don't have to obey. But number two, he doesn't have to be a perfect person for you to submit to him. You're wise if you just respect his role. Proverbs 30 verse 17, the eye that mocks his father, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. God's serious about this. Ephesians 5, 24, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Literally, subject here is to assign yourself under or in the physical sense, lift him up. I'm talking about the atmosphere in your home. The Bible says that you know, that's partly because the wife naturally uh, doesn't want to lift her husband up. Especially when he's disappointed her. And it's a choice to obey the Bible or not. This is Father's Day and what Dad wants and what Dad needs is respect. What dad wants and what dad needs is respect. There is nothing else, no gift, no sorry that can replace it. Just obey the Bible. Let me talk then as I conclude a father's blessing. If you respect your dad and mums create an atmosphere in your home that you bring respect, I promise you it'll be to your benefit. In Exodus 20 verse 12, honour your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. There is a dimension in the word of God that 
after years have gone by, mum and dad have died and passed away, there is a dimension that God is still watching your years because of the way you treated them. How does that work? I, don't, I have no idea. It's a commandment, the Bible says, with a promise attached to it. So we, surely we would, must be foolish to say, yeah, but he doesn't deserve it. I didn't read that part. Honor your father and mother. Oh, if he deserves it. Oh, I didn't see that part. The Bible doesn't say that. And the truth be known, all of us as fathers mess up. I'm hoping that we're strong enough and big enough to apologize when we do. But this is a, God's, a godly principle. It's a law. Just, it's just like gravity. It doesn't say good people fall up and bad people fall down. It's a law of gravity. Honor your father and your mother. We need a good, we, we, we want a good father in our homes. Every wife would do very wisely then to respect her husband. Every child would do very wisely to respect their father, to make them the leader. Let him rise to leadership. Just do, make his life easier. Make his life easier. Go out of your way to make his life easier. You want a good leader that can properly give his time or give his mind to something. The last thing you want to do then is to create a problem for him. Make his life hard. Peck at him the moment he walks in the door. Speak, undermine him in the home. How do you, want, how do you think he's going to be a leader then? Oh, Pastor, you have no idea how far, how much he's going to be, how much he's done this all of his life for the last twenty years. I've you. It's not helping. God's anointing on a family comes down. His blessing hits the leader. That's the way it works. And those that are under the leader get the blessing. It's true of pastoring and it's true of families. If you push him away, you miss out. You're going to miss the blessing. You're going to miss the peace. You're going to miss the joy in the latter years. You're going to miss God because you don't have the direction and the blessing and the favor. Make, listen, mums, make sure dad is an important person in your home when he's not there. Cause your children to speak highly of him and the blessing of God will flow onto your family. Remember Israel, Jacob speaking to Joseph's sons, deliberately put his blessing on them. That spoken word is a powerful thing. Giving dad what he needs enabling him, giving him the right tools. Let him, when he speaks to his children, the children listen to him because of what mum's done and the atmosphere in the home. When he speaks to his children, let the blessing be real. Our text says, let them do it with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. It's unprofitable to you if the father has to live with grief, uh, trying to lead the home, trying to make a decision, be put down in his own home, yelled at, yelled at in his own home? Like he's an enemy? 
I cringe when I hear children or a wife disrespecting the man of the house, mock him, pull him down. And then they chide him because he's not the leader he's supposed to be. Listen, God help you. Because this is God's command for us. That is not profitable. East Timor. You see many funny things. I sent a photo one time. I was driving behind a car, a little van. I sent a photo to my brother. I'm driving along and there's two, there's two taillights. And someone has smashed a hammer hole through one taillight, right in the middle, and the other taillight. Just nice, round, clean hammer hole. And I sent a photo to my brother and I said, this is how you change your taillights when the only tool you have is a hammer. And right before I was coming over to Australia, I saw another one. The nice, clean angle grinder marks in the taillight. Someone had cut a square out of this one and a square out, <laughs> square out of this one. When your only tool is an angle grinder, that's how you change your taillights. A father does a far better job when he has the tools he needs. And the one tool that he desperately needs is respect. In an effective Christian home, you want dad to have those tools. You want him to have those tools. The last, if you take respect and to the degree that you take respect away is to the same degree you won't have a good leader in your home. Is it working? Pastor Payne says this, God has an original, original design for marriage and family. And to the degree that you wander from God's original plan to the same degree you'll live with unintended consequences. That is a powerful statement. And I'm trying to help give him his respect back, put that tool back in his hands. The man of God can walk into a house and bring his peace on that house. That's what you want. I challenge men this morning. Men, take that on board. But right now, I want to challenge all of us uh, that the role of a father and leadership is so important to us. If you want a, gold, a good leader, a leader that's worth his weight in gold, speak to him like a leader. Speak about him like a leader. Encourage him as a leader and you'll have a leader. Someone that with courage can lead their family. Giving dad what he needs. Let's bow our heads, can we, and close our eyes. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. 
Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.